everyone, welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. I am your host, Linda Huang, and today we are talking about social media in the farming and agriculture industry. Don't Call Me a Guru is recording at Nate's radio studio in Edmonton, Alberta. We're a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. And if you like what you're listening to, please be sure to rate this podcast five stars preferably, uh, leave actual words in your comments and review, and share it on social media. So let's get right into the conversation. This episode features two guests, one coming at us via Skype and one here in the studio. We're just pushing all the boundaries of the Nate Radio studio here. <laughs> uh, so in studio with us, we have Nicola Doherty. She's marketing coordinator for Open Farm Days, Alberta Open Farm Days. Uh, and that includes really anything you can imagine in marketing and communications, uh, including social media. Um, she's going to explain a little bit more about Open Farm Days uh, in, in a moment. Uh, but joining us via Skype is Ash Armstrong. She is a farmer, owner of Armstrong Acres, located near Grand Prairie. Uh, mother, I'm told, to Swanson the goose and other animals, <laughs> as well as humans. Uh, so welcome to you both. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's so good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are going to get right into it. Uh, Ash, let's start with you. Um, you're, you're a farmer at Armstrong Acres. It's a family farm. Can you talk about how you and the farm are using social media, when you started, why you started, uh, and what your goals are for, for sharing about the farm on social? Um, so my husband and I are first generation farmers and, um, we started using social media, um, on the farm, mostly to direct market our meat. We direct market beef, pork, and chicken to consumers. And so we started using social media just to show people where their food is actually coming from. And, um, as we started using social media, I found that there is, um, a lot of people who think that farmers are ruining the world, um, through the way that they farm. So I like to share the way that we're farming so that people can see, you know, it's not ruining the world. It's, it's helping, um, the land. And, um, as we have been doing more social media, there's been a few stars of um, our farm, such as Swanson, the accidental guardian goose. He <laughs> showed up. He showed up in May, and he is the most miserable animal on the farm. He <laughs> is very good at keeping the chickens safe and letting you know if somebody comes in the yard, but he will not come close to you. And he'll like we have people come over to the farm, and he follows them, honking at them. He's very rude, but he's really <laughs> Really funny. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So Nicola was raving about Swanson, and I've watched some of your highlights as well. Uh, quite a character. <laughs> can I love him. <laughs> can you talk, Ash? Um, you're featuring different animals on your social media, and, and maybe some of them have names, and then some of them don't. But but why 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 are you doing that? Why are you sharing about um, why are you sharing about these animals on social? Um, I started sharing Swanson mostly because he's so miserable. I thought it's, I think it's, he's really funny. So I thought other people might enjoy him as well. And then, um, I just show, you know, we have a milk cow. So sweeties in a few videos every once in a while. And we don't name all of our cows, but the ones that have names are usually the ones that make it on camera more than the others, probably because they're the friendliest. Um, but it's, it's neat to show, like, um, to kind of get that attachment, like people get attached to these, these animals just as attached to them as we are. So it's kind of neat to see through, through social media, you're building that relationship with 
animals. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, how has reaction been uh, for your social posts and posts about the different animals? Um, it's been fairly positive. Um, I found that like I originally started using social media to just sell meat. And then I found that we're talking a lot more about the farming aspects of how we're farming and why we're bale grazing and why we're rotating our cows every day. Um, and it's not just from other farmers that are asking it. It's, you know, people who live in the city because they're curious about what we're doing. And, you know, they thought that with your cows, you just open a gate and you call them home in the fall instead of, oh, if you move them every day, it makes the animals healthier and the land healthier and it all works together. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of an education piece there for your social media. Yes, exactly. So let's just switch over to Nicola for a second. I think it all kind of relates. So Nicola, can you talk about what Alberta Open Farm Days is? Um, and and part of that includes working with a bunch of different farms across the province and, and how they might be using social media to communicate, right? Yeah, so Open, Alberta Open Farm Days is a two-day event that happens the third weekend of August every year. So this 2019 was our seventh year doing it. And what it is, is an invitation for the city neighbors to come and visit their rural neighbors. And like Ash said, you know, find out how their food is made. There is a misconception about farming and it's a really good opportunity for people to go out and see farms and um, and, and meet the people behind the farms, um, which is, so let's say we're going to Ash's farm, you know, you know Armstrong Acres from Instagram, now you get to go meet them in real life. Um, and then the different variety of farms um, in Alberta, everything from apiaries to pulse farms to ranches, you know, there's such a huge variety of farms in Alberta. Do you find, uh, since you've been working with Open Farm Days, are are you seeing more farmers, more farms on social media sharing digitally, or, or is it still kind of a <laughs> a fight to convince them of its value? I don't know if it's a fight. I know that when there's periods of time, like so, I'm new to farming. Period. period. I'm just new. <laughs> and so I find this is why I find the whole thing extremely fascinating. And I'm learning about all the very busy times that happen throughout the year. So calving season, harvest. Um, I'm sure there's a million more <laughs> that are really busy times. So during those times, they're literally just not able to do it um, because they are so busy and they're working 24 hours a day. Literally 24 hours a day. So there is um, there is a bit of a disconnect. And I think there's a couple barriers, one of them being, you know, uh, internet service in rural communities. So that's a bit of a barrier. And then just like any other small business, like, what do you talk about? What does the content look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what Armstrong Acres have done and Ash has done with that is really found that kind of nice balance between this is what a farm looks like. This is our really fun goose. and But then also that education piece and the other part of social media, which is really important, the selling part, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash, do you have, you know, do you have a schedule for your posts? Are you dedicating, you know, 15 minutes a day? Is it sort of whenever you can spare a moment? What does time management for your social media look like uh, as you're as you're on the farm? Um, I have been slacking lately and I haven't been as consistent as I used to. Um, but generally I like to do my posts in the morning, like for my Insta stories in the morning when I'm walking around doing chores, they have to be done anyways. Um, I, our internet is terrible. So I end up recording videos on my phone and then uploading them later. So sometimes it's, you know, one o'clock and I'm posting a video from eight o'clock in the morning, but that's just, it Mm -hmm. is what it is. 
Um, I try to schedule all of my posts and I find that it works so much easier and it's so much faster. It saves you so much time because it's so easy to get stuck into the endless scrolling <laughs> and then all of a sudden you've spent way more time on Instagram than you meant to. Mm -hmm. When you started to post on social, you know, was your husband or, or your family or they were they sort of like, what, what are you doing? Why are you on your phone? We got work to do. Like, did you have to convince them of the value as well? I am still convincing them <laughs> of the value. Um, my husband especially gets a little bit frustrated because he's like, why do you need to take a video of this cow move? Like, just let me move the cows before you pull your phone out. Why do I have to wait for you? Right. Um, so Very he relatable. Gets, he gets a little, exactly. <laughs> so he gets a little, a little frustrated. But we've kind of said, like, you know, if we're working cattle and um, we're processing cows, no phones, right? It's not mm -hmm. safe. Mm -hmm. um, we try to, you know, not do, like, I try not to do a ton, but then still get enough so that people are understanding, like, what we're doing that day and and why we're doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So do you have um like do you have a content plan then? I know you I know there's Swanson has kind of emerged as sort of a theme that you repeat or repeatedly post about. Um but, you know, morning chores, like did that did that happen organically or did you sit down and you said, I'm going to share about morning chores, I'm going to pick an animal or two to post about? Like what how did the plan for your social media kind of roll out if there was one at all? <laughs> Uh, there really wasn't. There really wasn't a plan. It just kind of um, evolved that way. And then um, with selling our meat, I found that a lot of people aren't cooking at home anymore. More people are eating out. And so a lot of people don't know how to cook. So then I've tried incorporating a lot more, um, you know, this is a pork roast and this is how I'm cooking it. And then, you know, people will send me a message and say, hey, can I buy some pork roasts? Um, so I found a lot of success doing that. Um, although I don't think I'm a wonderful cook and it definitely <laughs> does not look like a food blogger's pictures <laughs> or anything like that. But, you know, it's real. Like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, look at this. I burnt this dinner. It's terrible. <laughs> My family's not going to be happy tonight. <laughs> Enjoy a good laugh. Right. <laughs> the authenticity aspect of it. <laughs> exactly. And that it literally did come from farm to your table, which mm -hmm. is probably a, yeah. a unique uh, experience. Nicola, in terms of Alberta Open Farm Days um, in general, like, you, so you, you, uh, you guys are working with these farmers. Are you making recommendations for them on how they should be marketing themselves or communicating? There's lots of different programs for for farmers um, through economic development, through mm -hmm. Travel Alberta, ab about having like how to, um, you know, how to market your business, you know, especially within the relationship with Open Farm Days. And we have training sessions. Um, so Strong Coffee came to our last training session. Oh, and yeah, they're fantastic. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so they did. Uh, so they'd come and do uh, training sessions um, for people that, that are interested in learning about uh, how social media can work. But that's majority around, um, around Open Farm Days and, and right. promoting an event. Um, and then a lot of things that we say about promoting an event is, you know, a very, you know, basic marketing PR, like, you know, work within your community, you know, know who your people are, talk to your strengths. So there is that element of it. Um, but no, we don't just reach out to farmers and say, hey, can we help you? Um, we just kind of encourage, you know, people like Ash who are doing an awesome job and, and uh, you know, repost what we can from them. Kind of grow that. Yeah. 
Because there are, and this is the thing, again, about learning about ag and Alberta, the images that are coming from these accounts are outstanding. You forget how beautiful rural Alberta is. And when you're seeing these content from, um, you know, our producers, you're like, oh, I had no idea that this place existed. And right or here. I, right here. Yeah. And, you know, people travel all over the world to come see this. And it's right there in our backyard. So that's another really cool thing I love about following a lot of these farms on social. Kind of opens your eyes a little bit to, to what's right in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, in terms of Alberta Open Farm Days, I know um, at least the past year, possibly the last two years, uh, you guys have been trying to work with, I think, more possibly bloggers, writers, people mm-hmm. to, to post about or advocate uh, on behalf of maybe the farmers who aren't as active on social. Can you talk about uh, just Open Farm Days and their approach to social media? Sure. So I started with um, Open Farm Days uh, just April of this year. And so what we're, when I came on, what we're trying to do is trying to figure out how do we talk to the producers versus talk to the consumers. So the consumers are the people that get in the cars and leave Edmonton and drive out to Lacklebish or wherever. And so what we had to do was make a real clear distinction that, you know, we want to talk to the consumers first because they're the ones that are driving um, – you know, the traffic out to open farm days and they're purchasing things when they get to the farms mm-hmm. and are, are purchasing the tickets to culinary events. So so we had to make a big switch in the strategy and saying, we're going to be using social for consumer only. Now, there have been times like in the downtime right now, we're putting together a conference. So we have been using platforms like Twitter to talk to producers producers, um, because we find a lot of our producers are on Twitter and a lot of like producer groups are on Twitter. So it's been really great to talk to them. But where Facebook is concerned and for the most part, Instagram are concerned, those are consumer facing. And so what we decided was is to pretty much take the producer, you know, uh, communication off those platforms and then just speak to consumers. And it was pretty easy to see how quickly that switch made an impact on the social. Great. Um, There's a farm down in Strathmore called A Farms, and they have, I'm going to say the name wrong, but I'm just going to call them what they are. They're woolly pigs. And (laughs) they have the cutest woolly pigs. (laughs) And so anytime we post about a woolly pig from A Farm, you know, people like city folks or people that are not knowing anything about pigs or farms are just really drawn to these animals and drawn to the story. And, you know, although people are disconnected from the farms, I find that people are still extremely interested in what happens and, you know, and how, like you said, like your pork roast gets to your table. Yeah, how it gets to the table Mm -hmm. and even just the relationship. So telling that story about the local farmer. And again, the misconception that you spoke to too, Ash, um, about how, how, you know, your product is produced and a lot of it um is a lot more is a lot nicer than you think it is <laughs> yeah i mean would you agree <laughs> <laughs> so we will uh we'll talk about we'll talk more about misconceptions we're just going to take a quick uh ad break um to uh show you who this episode is brought to you by so one sec for an ad break and then we'll be back with nicola and ash to talk about social media in the farming and ag industry This episode is brought to you by A Tale of Two Weeklies, a new podcast series that digs into the rise and fall of Edmonton C Magazine and View Weekly, two alt-weeklies engaged in a newspaper war that neither survived. Take a listen. It was a newspaper war. Good (laughs) old-fashioned knock-down, drag-out newspaper war. I think we were really good at uh, 
winning jackpots with lousy hands. I'm the type of person who cringes at pretty much everything I've ever done, ever. Um, yeah, my whole career is a series of regrets. For 26 years, two rival magazines existed as the alternative weekly press in one mid-sized Canadian prairie city. The rivalry was was like the only thing we cared about. And we were, we were soldiers in that ongoing um, battle. I just considered us sort of like this like special world of people who happened to be lucky enough to be able to do this. It was really fun, <laughs> even though it made me miserable and, and eventually left me feeling sort of broken. A Tale of Two Weeklies is the story of View Weekly and C Magazine, two papers that ran in Edmonton between 1992 and 2018. The podcast covers their rise, glory days, notorious rivalry, and eventual decline. Listen at taleoftwoweeklies.com or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The series is created by the team behind I Don't Get It and is funded by the Edmonton Heritage Council. Search for A Tale of Two Weeklies wherever pods are cast or visit taleoftwoweeklies.com. All right. Welcome back to Don't Call Me a Guru. I am your host, Linda Huang, and we are chatting with Nicola Doherty of Alberta Open Farm Days and Ash Armstrong of Armstrong Acres, a farm uh, located here in Alberta near Grand Prairie. Uh, so we're talking all about how social media is being used by farmers. Maybe there's some strategies that you might take away uh, for your businesses as well. Uh, you had both sort of mentioned earlier misconceptions that people may have about farming uh, in general, I guess. Um, so I wanted to wanted to touch um, on that. I think there's often a very big gap um, between what you know city slickers know, <laughs> and I I call myself a city slicker as Same. well. So I do my best uh, to try and understand where food comes from, and and I've been on my fair share of farm tours to to try and understand that. Uh, but certainly I'm still uh, from the city. Um, so I've read you know I've read comments from people saying farmers don't care about their animals or uh, or or they don't they don't want to see this content because you know you've got your cute animal but then the next thing you know uh, you're you're eating the animal so um are I guess you've mentioned you're trying to correct misinformation and misconceptions on social media uh, is that how important is that to you ash um, and 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 do you find that 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 that's working uh, I think it's really important I think that um People like it's I it blows me away when we have um, school kids come out and they don't realize that that chicken that we're raising on pasture is going to end up on their dinner plate. Like there's something wrong where the kids don't know. But if you've never been to a farm, um, you don't know. And then so with having um, tours come out and stuff like that, we've noticed that the kids go home and they tell their parents and, Hey mom, you need to check out this cool farm. And then, you know, mom will send me a message and Hey, you raise chickens and do you eat them or are they just pets? And, you know, and it starts a conversation, which is, which is always, you know, I think a good thing when you can start a conversation and have a conversation and explain to people why you're doing what you're doing. I always think that it's it's a big benefit. And knowing where your food come fr comes from is so important. And we don't even realize how important it is. Mm -hmm. Are you finding, like, when you, when you decided to start um, on social media, were you expecting there to be 
maybe more backlash or negativity or I, I just like both of both of your uh, experience in terms of dealing with potentially negative comments that you've received online um, related to farming or ag uh, and then any advice you might share for uh, for the people listening on on how you approach uh, negative or um, perhaps a little antagonistic uh, type of conversations that you might get on social media. I am always worried that I'm going to have some nasty comments. (laughs) I've been very fortunate and nobody's like asked anything or, you know, been really nasty online. And I've seen fellow farmers online that just have absolutely horrible comments and things like that. And the best um, answer is um, a woman. And she just says, bless your heart. That's it. She's like, I am not engaging with them. I'm not defending myself. I'm never going to convince a vegan that a steak is wonderful and Mm -hmm. that I've done a nice thing raising it and everything else. You're never going to convince them, you know, bless your heart. I think that's a wonderful answer. What about you, Nicola? Um, I also, I also, oh, sorry. No, no, you go. Um, I I also... I also think that you can't be afraid of um, people hating what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're doing if you're a knitter. Somebody is not going to like it and somebody's going to think it's the wrong thing. So as long as you're just being true to yourself and sharing your story and the best version of your story or the real version of your story, I think, you know... Bless your heart. (laughs) That's good. Having, I guess, having a response and knowing when or who uh, you might. Uh, get into a longer conversation with or or where you where you don't want to waste your resources and time and effort. <laughs> exactly. What about you? Nicola? And we've we've not had the problem. And to be honest, I didn't even think about it because as far as I'm concerned, and again, from um, I am the audience that we're looking for. I am the suburbanite with right. kids going out. So I was trying to think our audience pretty much when we we look at our, who our audience is, our audience is me. And so from my point of view, what would I want to see? And for the most part, our audience, well, I would say 100% our audience is interested in agriculture, whether they know anything about agriculture, they are interested um, in what happens. Um, we posted one from TK Ranch of the day, it warmed up. And they had posted about their pigs are really happy that it's warm. I'm like, we are too. And then, then thinking, it's, relatable. Well, it's so relatable, <laughs> but then thinking, okay, well, what happens to the pigs in winter, right? And trying to tell that story of, hey, city slicker, um, this is what happens to the pigs in winter. They don't freeze and die, and this is why. Mm-hmm. So those like kind of informative and the educational pieces, um, that those are the parts that we're trying to put out um, to kind of not doing – I can't speak from the, the perspective that Ash can speak from because uh, I am not on a farm, but, you know, I can try and help amplify those conversations of this is what a pig does when it's cold outside mm-hmm. um, that people will find interesting. But on the other hand uh, – my our strategy is to keep it educational and light mm-hmm. and fluffy and then those conversations we've not had a chance to touch on them and I don't think we will. Good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> 
sorry. <laughs> um, but it's uh, so it sounds to me though like you're trying to hopefully mitigate negativity by being proactive in in what you're sharing, mm-hmm. uh, the educational pieces of that. The more people know, the less likely they will complain about something that that they don't really have the full facts. For. That's right. And and if you go back and and look at the farms, you know that participate in open farm days only because they're interested in agriculture, and you can go and look at their farm. They're there, and you know we have an eighty percent return rate from farmers because they love the part and this is like the big comment that we get on our surveys when we get back is because they love the part when people come to their farms and they're like people you know like yourself and I are going oh I had no idea that's how that was done yeah (laughs) and and so it's great it's great for them to hear that what they're doing is important and that people are learning and so what we're trying to do is trying to take that experience on platform instead so that when they do go to open farm days uh we participate in open farm days then they're seeing that but in such a bigger Mm -hmm. uh version so it's not necessarily a shock to people now or it's a lot easier to to educate people because not everyone can hop into their car drive an hour or two to go visit a farm but now on social media Mm -hmm. you you can in theory see uh, a day in the life um, of the armstrong family on the armstrong farm right (laughs) And we did do like Instagram takeovers before Open Farm Days this year. And so, you know, you go look at uh, Good Morning Honey did a a takeover. So, you know, what does it look like in an apiary? Um, And do these kind of takeovers in preparation for Open Farm Days. Um, But people are genuinely really interested in in what happens. And maybe a bit nosy too. Maybe a bit nosy. Yeah. Uh, So you mentioned Instagram takeovers. That uh, that leads in well. I have seen, let's talk about social media experiments or experimentation. Um, Perhaps anything on social media that you've done, Ash, has been a big experiment (laughs) for you. But but I've seen, you know, I've seen some fun farmers on TikTok. Um, And then, yeah, you've got your Instagram story highlights. You're talking about Instagram takeovers. Can you just talk about uh, new features that maybe you've tried. Have you ever live streamed anything? Would you? Are you open to that? Do you have a TikTok account we should all be following? Like, what's your take on experimenting with things that, that you've never tried before on social? Um, it, it feels a little daunting. <laughs> um, you know, like the first time doing an Insta story that's like actually showing your own face is terrifying. <laughs> but then you realize like, you know, I'm a real person. People love seeing a real person. So you just, um, you kind of roll with it. I've been tossing around the idea of TikTok. Um, I'm trying to convince my husband. He's like, oh man, isn't Instagram enough? Right. Um, the, and and I, I agree with Nicola on the takeovers. I um, had my wisdom teeth out. So I had my husband take over our account for one day. I was very impressed. He only swore twice, I think. He did a really day. good job. And, oh, he was so, he's like, he had a new appreciation for it because he's like, it's hard coming up with things to say and Mm. trying to think about like, oh, okay, like how is this going to relate back to the farm that I'm just, you know, grabbing grain or whatever. Right. And, um, it was, it was interesting, but the takeovers I think are really, are really fun. People really enjoyed seeing his face for once, which was neat. That's interesting. So when he took over, did you, 
you know, I'm I'm envisioning like a social media manager at a company has to go on vacation and leave the work to someone <laughs> and then kind of having like heart palpitations that they're not going to do it right. But uh, did you did you have to prep them? Did you have like a tip sheet? Did you say don't do this or try to do that? Like what was your <laughs> did you train them? <laughs> um, I said, here's my phone. You need to do some Instagram stories today and then kicked them outside to do chores. <laughs> so, uh, trial by fire. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Two swears is okay. I think the thing to note there is, I mean, it's nice because it's your family account, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you kind of yeah. set what your tone and what your personality is, and it's you know, it's not like the end of the world if he if he swore. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Exactly. I mean, he's at work, and the only reason right? He's swearing is because he couldn't turn the story off. And he couldn't turn the camera around. <laughs> it's very real. <laughs> yeah. it, that's very amazing. Authentic. <laughs> What about uh, from your perspective on experimenting with different features, Nicola? Well, we did the Instagram story takeovers um, this spring, um, and that was a first for Open Farm Days. Um, again, doing like the we're changing our focus to consumer facing rather than producer facing, and so that ended up working out really well. Um, so we're going to be doing it again this this uh, spring, hopefully. Right. If everyone agrees to do it again, and we'll get new people on this year. Um, I did go and look at TikTok. <laughs> So TikTok's hard. <laughs> Correction. It's hard for our age group. <laughs> you, know you have to be so much more creative on TikTok than you do on so Instagram. Creative. Yes. So much more creative. But I have seen some really good uses of um TikTok. And I gotta give a plug out because I said I would to a farm here in, in Alberta called Vermer's Dairy Farm. Vermer's Dairy Farm, okay. And um and on TikTok, it's called Dairy Farmer Yo. And Ash, I'm going to destroy this. So forgive me for a minute. But there's like a roller thing that cows scratch themselves on. Do you know what that is? I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's, it's like. It's like a big brush and they rub themselves oh, okay, on it. that's cute. And they put it to me. Anyway, it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's just a funny video of a cow scratching it. Yeah, I think anything with animals in will, will right. always do well. Yeah. It's entertaining. Yeah. And it's also, you know, again, I think it's important that that for the farmers, probably it's it's still that glimpse in. And I guess ultimately your goal is is a bit more of that education. And mm-hmm. then to your point, which you mentioned earlier, a little bit of selling. It's it's that subtle selling yeah. uh, as well. If they if they feel like they can relate to you or they like you based on your post, then maybe they'll come visit. Maybe they'll buy your product. Yeah. That sort of thing. And it's different, like depending on the time of year as well. And again, Ash, I can't. I can't speak to your business, but, you know, people have, like, cycles. So if you're a veggie grower, you know, they're selling CSAs all throughout the summer. And it's really great for them to say, or even, like, farmer's markets, like, hey, we're at this farmer's market this Saturday, um, come buy our meat, right? So, again, like, there is the subtle, like, throughout the week, you know, we take care, good care of our animals. This is our farm. We're, you know, good stewards of the land. And then on Saturday, we're selling our stuff so come buy it from us this isn't that yeah Yeah. it's a bit of you know 30% of this 30% of this 30% of of the selling aspect of it perfect okay so we are going to take another ad break talk about our great sponsors and then we'll come back and learn a bit more uh, about social media in the farming and ag industry uh, and kind of some takeaways that that you can apply really I I think to any any of the industries 
This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is sponsored by the Edmonton Community Foundation, which acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on our philanthropy, green spaces, and sport and recreation. Learn more about this important initiative at ecfoundation.org. All right, welcome back to Don't Call Me a Guru. We've been chatting with Nicola of Alberta Open Farm Days and Ash of Armstrong Acres, all about social media in agriculture and farming. Uh, So, um, Ash, I just wanted to ask, you know, not necessarily, you've said, I don't really have a plan or I didn't really have a plan <laughs> uh, going into it. I'm curious about measurement, like like how, so, you know, for other industries, tr- try to track what's, what's working, what's not working, what, you know, whether or not this is worth your time and resources. How do you know or do you if Armstrong Acres on social has been a success? Are you are you tracking something like like how how do you measure that you've achieved kind of the goals that you've set, even if you haven't written it down? Um, I track um, my monthly users. So on the first of every month, I write down how many users I have at the end of the month. I write down or users. Sorry, how many followers <laughs> I have. Um, And then I use my analytics a lot to um, look at my engagements more so than likes, because if somebody is commenting on a post, it resonates more with them than if they're just clicking like and scrolling to the next one. Uh, I use that. I use that quite a bit. Um, I've just recently heard the content planner um, talk at a conference in Grand Prairie. So I have um, a new content plan, yeah. and it, I was starting it November. I'm starting it December because <laughs> just roll with the punches. <laughs> exactly. But I find um, if I can plan things out, then I can do like a theme and be like, oh, okay, you know, next Wednesday I'm at the farmer's market. So I should probably start talking about the farmer's market on Wednesday mm-hmm. or sorry, on Sunday. Um, or, you know, we're going to be at a farmer's market on Saturday. Then you talk about it all week. Uh, and I found that that, that that works. I still don't find that we sell a ton on Instagram. I find we sell more through Facebook, mm-hmm. um, but it's starting to change. Instagram, I find, is still very new in Canada, um, whereas a lot of farmers in the States use Instagram and have a lot more success with it. Mm-hmm. So kind of just, um, I guess, demographics, even where you're located. Uh, and I, I mean, yeah. I'm actually surprised at how many producers and farmers are on Twitter because I feel like I often hear that business, well, I know a lot of restaurants, a lot of new restaurants, which is a frustrating point for me, but a lot of new restaurants I'm seeing launch without any Twitter account. They're just focusing on really? Instagram only. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, but but you mentioned a lot of farmers on. Yeah, a lot of our producers are on Twitter and not a lot of consumers. So after Open Farm Days um, this past August, you know, I was digging into our metrics and um it was, uh, I would say, nine out of ten, uh, you know, tweets are from producers on Twitter versus uh, versus consumers. So there was the occasional, but the people that we, but they were uh, followers that we knew anyway. So we already had a relationship with them. They had a relationship with Open Farm Day. So that there wasn't a new relationship formed mm-hmm. from the Twitter, from the Twitter, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> 
but on Instagram and Facebook, we're getting a lot of new, and again, the difference between consumers versus producers, we're getting a lot of consumers on Facebook and on Instagram versus Twitter. So that's why Twitter has been a really good place for us uh, to talk to producers. And then we've had a Facebook group off our Open Farm Days thing so that if we want to talk to our producers, then we can uh, have a separate group to talk to them there. Rather than on your page. Rather than on the page. So, because people are on Facebook and right. farmers are on Facebook. And um, and so we, we want to have that place for them on Facebook, but but where we can talk privately. Right, right, right. Um, you know, more focused. You're talking about a, a very more focused messaging. Yeah. Um, I, think that's, I think that's smart, knowing that your audience does often differ or change depending on what platform that you're using, and then it changes how you talk or mm-hmm. what you plan for content, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Ash, do you, do you have a pretty good sense of who your audience is then? Like, who's following uh, Armstrong Acres? Who's following you? Like, uh, is that something that you've been paying attention to, or is it kind of all over the place? <laughs> Um, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting and it depends on the months. So, um, like in the summer, I had a lot more followers who are farmers who are curious about what we're doing with our animals and how we're doing it and how we're raising them. Um, and then September rolls around and I start doing more meal videos. And then I've got a lot more, um, moms with kids who are following, Mm -hmm. which I think is, which I think is interesting. Calving season rolls around, it switches back to more, to more farmers again. Mm -hmm. So it's, and I think it's probably just because we have more going on on the farm and you're doing, I'm doing more agricultural based posts than, you know, here's a pot roast. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting to see and it fluctuates. And then Um, I also find with my engagement, a video of a cow will have 10 times more comments from men than from women. A roast video or a roast, um, (laughs) will have all women comments. Right. So So you'll see those trends. Yeah. That's hilarious. (laughs) And then it's really interesting. Does that change? Does that change how you plan? Like, you know, that you're going to or or if you know that you want to target women, then maybe you'll you'll plan something very specific versus if you wanted to speak more to men. Um, it just kind of, it just kind of depends on what's going on, um, with my, with my life at the, at whatever given day. Um, I definitely intend to be more intentional, uh, like with my planning, my pre-planned content. (laughs) Um, then I feel that's another bonus to pre-planning is because you can be more intentional. You're not scrambling last minute. What am I going to say? What am I going to post about? No, that makes sense. Um, and so leading sort of into that, uh, challenges. I wanted to talk about challenges that maybe you've experienced or even Nicola in your experience, uh, social media challenges that that have come your way uh, and, and maybe what you've learned um, during your time being active on social, sharing about the farm on socials. Maybe we'll start with Ash. Um, my biggest challenge would definitely be the the figuring it out of how Instagram and Facebook work. Um, I only got Facebook in, oh, 2016. Um, I was one of those people where Facebook came out and I was like, oh, this is a passing fade. It's the internet. It's not going to stick around for long. Um, So I'm very technologically challenged. So I find I have a tough time figuring out how everything works. But YouTube is a wonderful resource. Mm -hmm. How do I post an Insta story? How do I do... 
Um, how do I make a post? How do I use a filter? You can punch everything into YouTube and it helps you out. <laughs> Fully agreed. Uh, so sort of the, the education, how to, uh, the learning curve, I guess, has been the biggest challenge yes. for you. Okay. And, yeah. um, and then how you resolved it is, is, is YouTube, you're saying, <laughs> and experience. Exactly. <laughs> yes. What about, uh, what about you, Nicola, in terms of uh, even Alberta Open Farm Days or just uh, any marketing background experience well, that you have? Well, I just want to talk to Ash because what people forget is that farmers are small businesses. Yes. And if you open up a small business and then you have to try something new and, you know, with social media being like a new marketing tool, these are things that you're having to learn all the time. And so I guess that would be a challenge because as we're, um, you know, bringing new farms on all the time for Open Farm Days and talking to them about marketing, uh, they don't know about, they know of social of media it, and they're yeah. and they're using Facebook for personal uses but they're they they kind of know about about how it could possibly help their business but not really and no different than any other new business any other small business yeah and so what Ash is doing is I think is basically what uh we all do when we're trying to figure out yeah you know what's doing and you're trying to help your business and you're trying to Put food on the table. Well, food on the table, <laughs> literally. literally. Food on the table. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, in that way, but from a challenging, from my perspective, is that while well, it's perfect that I am the audience and I am completely blown away all the time by all this, like, super cute content on social, um, not knowing a lot about farming has been a bit of a challenge. So, same thing, I've had to, you know, and, and like, I would say that most uh, social media managers would probably be having the same right. problem. You're jumping into a new industry and you're having to learn quick on your feet about mm -hmm. what this is and what's happening. Um, but like the cycle of the year, so from calving season to harvest. So one thing I found still, this still just the two though, <laughs> still on the two. <laughs> and no, no, and now I'm on the pig warming okay. season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do we keep pigs warm? <laughs> but the one, the, oh again, like I just loved it. So calving season. So there's a hashtag. Um, well, there was one that was like calving season, and then there was calving season 19, and then you click on that hashtag, and then you're done for the rest of your day because now you're looking at baby sheep and. <laughs> baby cows all day and it is the best um so there's that so but there is a lot of um things that you can learn just by using the platforms and digging in and mm -hmm. uh, getting your feet wet so there was that that challenge as well but then the other challenge is because we want to support our farms um with there only being a, a handful that are using social media consistently you know we want to be resharing posts from them um but, you know, we, we don't want to be using be, the same producers right. over and over like and over again. To show favoritism in a way. Yeah. And so it has been kind of challenging, uh, you know, not knowing the, the, the more than two seasons. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then also, um, and again, just to backtrack on that, you do learn. <laughs> no, oh, I this get it. This is my first winter. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been scared away yet, so. Not yet, because it's still super cute. <laughs> and... But um, th and then, yeah, like not wanting to show favoritism towards that. So as Open Farm Days, we do have a solution. So we've hired a videographer and we've hired a photographer okay. to go out and get content. And from so be other able to, places. From other knowing places. Knowing that those farmers aren't able to produce that content yourself. Yeah. So you're making sure that's great. And and the marketing story. So we want to tell the story. So one stories that we are producing is, you know, the, uh, the farm to fork or the farm to glass kind of story. So how does barley and hops end up as a local beer. Yeah. And uh, I think what people don't realize is that you've got these two barley belts uh, in uh, central and southern Alberta where many of the local beers are using those products. So trying to tell that story, like, you know, if you're drinking Troubled Monk, chances are 
that those are local ingredients in that beer as well. That's so great. telling those stories um, that kind of fit this all together. So then when August does come around, you know, there's a little bit more of, uh, oh, I get that. Or I remember seeing that. Yeah. Or I want to learn more. I want to that. learn I more. See that yeah. Person. Yeah. And I don't want to see this really cool farmer. I want to go see Swanson or, you know, all these different things to drive don't people. Don't get too close to Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> don't get too close to Swanson. <laughs> He's going to get a big head. <laughs> but we want people to travel out and see their rural neighbors and, and see how beautiful it is and how, how many cool things are happening. In. And just understand it. Because mm-hmm. I think I'm, even I, uh, I went to Farm Fair uh, recently. This mm-hmm. was this November. Um, and I posted about Farm Fair, and I got a fair bit of messages from people who it's it just shocked me that they they didn't they didn't like it, right? They were like, "Oh, well, you know, there's cows, but we're just gonna eat them eventually, so it doesn't matter." And I'm like, I don't think that you grasp that we we need farmers, we need farming, like we cannot exist without this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so even just through my post, try and I don't, and I'm not the expert, right? So I'm like, I'm trying to learn about it instead of just having a very closed this one opinion. Uh, but really, I should have just said, bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of like been done with that. But that's why, like, like what Ash is doing and like, you know, educating people on a, on a day-to-day basis, you know, with real really great content and beautiful photos like funny interesting funny (laughs) and engaging like that's a really great way for Albertans to kind of get in contact with you know like how their food is made and it it sounds kind of trite like how is your food is made but it it really is overused but that is like that phrase has been so overused I think but it's but it's still so true but it's super true yeah. yeah So interesting. Um, okay, so I wanted to a couple more questions uh, in terms of advice. So let's imagine that this podcast has piqued the interest of all the farmers in Alberta. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and they've decided, fine, I'll listen to the podcast. Let's, <laughs> we'll see if it makes me inspired or anything. Um, what advice, you know, what, what advice do you have? Uh, would you say it's been worth it for you, Ash? Uh, would you recommend that farmers get on this? Um, and if they do, uh, you know, how, how can, what tips can you give that will make it a little easier for them? Um, you know, I mean, I think the rural internet thing is a great, uh, is a new, a very specific example that, that we don't, city slickers wouldn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I did farm visits this summer and um, it's very frustrating going yeah. out into like certain pockets like mm-hmm. I I did my section with Central Alberta and uh, you know we were close in Central Alberta you got Red Deer you've got yeah. Rocky Mountain House Edmonton and still the internet is knowing that you'd so have to bad. post it later or yeah. I actually went to a uh, um, near Sundry, there was a there's a horseback riding sort of ranch mm. there, and um, and they only had one spot with really good Wi-Fi, sort of by their little like grocery. It's like a grocery market, and so my friend and I had to actually. Well, we didn't have to, but we felt like we did <laughs> to post on social media. We just kind of like sat there for an hour, just literally doing nothing else but just using the Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's <laughs> right there. And I think that's a huge barrier to, to getting because we want we. We want agriculture on social. We want them mm-hmm. doing the cool things Ash is doing. But if you can't get internet, like how frustrated are you like half the time, mm-hmm. Ash? Uh, you know, having to find your corner in the field or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I guess, but I guess knowing that going into it, right? So, yes, back to like what advice? What, what could you share yeah. that would make it easier for farmers? 
Um, well, I find like the internet not working great is obviously a challenge, but then you just record a video, right? And uh, it is bad when I go through my pictures and I have about a zillion picture or a zillion videos of my own face and like, oh, I don't want to listen to what she has to say today. Um, but, uh, that's definitely a challenge. And I think for any farmers that are considering using social media, I would say do it. Um, you're spreading the message about agriculture and you're spreading the message about what you do and you're educating your consumers and um, something that you think is so boring or mm -hmm. like like Swanson, you know, he's, he's grumpy and he's kind of funny, but like the amount of people that absolutely love him is so, it, it's amazing. And, you know, even something as simple as going out and getting hay and throwing it to the horses. There's a lot of people who live in cities who don't get to see that and their kids love watching it. And you're, you know, if their kids are watching it, you're also educating the future generation, mm -hmm. which is huge. So um, definitely, if anybody is thinking about using social media to help you market your farm, I would, yeah, definitely do it. I love that bit about, because I think it applies no matter what industry you're in and doing social media, is that you or or the company might not think that what is happening is interesting, um, but other people may, uh, because you're, you're in it all the time. Of course, you're not really going to think that it's something fresh or exciting, uh, but considering your audience mm -hmm. and how this might be a surprise for uh, for them. Nicola, do you have any, uh, oh. I guess, advice? A hundred percent that because, you know, when you go visit farms and you go, even when you go visit them in real life and you're seeing these chickens and you're getting excited about chickens and they're looking at you like, are you insane? <laughs> Why are it's you so a stupid excited? chicken. Yeah. Like, who cares? <laughs> and you're like, I don't ever get to see chickens. Like, when do I see a chicken? Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, like even the mundane for your audience can be really interesting. And those back, you know, those behind uh, closed doors. Behind the scenes. Yeah, are always interesting to audience. I don't think that matters what industry you're in, whether it's agriculture, whether it's, you know, uh, any anything. I, I think those those behind the scenes imageries are, are always going to be interesting to people. So, yeah, I mean, if I was to encourage anyone in agriculture to do it, do it. Please tag us so I can see it. <laughs> And then you got an instant supporter, and yeah. a tweeter, a sharer. That's right. I want to see those babies being born in the spring. Ash, would you say, you know, in, in looking back, if you were to able to talk to your yourself when you were first starting out on social, would you have recommended like, oh, you know, you really should have come up with a plan or like, you know, like what would you, what would you have said to yourself to, to even make the process a little easier? Um, definitely having a plan and then setting aside the time to implement the plan. So, you know, um, after the kids go to bed, sit down and plan out what you're going to post the next day or kind of have some sort of an idea would be something I would definitely tell myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also just it's, it sucks taking the time away from all the other millions of jobs you have to do, but you, you need to invest the time in figuring out Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever social media you as a farmer enjoy using the most. 
um, just pick one. You don't have to be good at mm -hmm. all of them. You mm -hmm. can link your Facebook to your Instagram. I'm terrible at Facebook. Um, <laughs> Me and Nicola are shaking our heads right no, now. No, do we not do that. But no, I loved what you said about not having to stretch yourself thin on all the social networks. Mm -hmm. So picking one or two where you can really excel. Uh, that's that's a great that's a great point. That's great advice. So maybe TikTok is not for you this year then. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I kind of want to see you dancing, like, though. <laughs> There's always... I need some baby animals. Like, you really talk. do. I, I should mean, send you that video that I found today. It was amazing. Right, for inspiration. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's something to be said just on the TikTok vein. There is something to be said about striking when the fire is hot. So right now, it just feels like everyone is all about TikTok. Although, I should say, uh, Ash, since you're, you're pretty heavily focused on Instagram, Instagram just released a Create feature um, in, the, in the app, which is supposed to mimic kind of the fun music video lip syncing style stuff that TikTok does. So maybe you don't need TikTok. <laughs> maybe me and Swanson can do a dance. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. Or we'll get some going. That's perfect. Um, is there anything else you guys want to share uh, about what you've learned with social media? Maybe uh, just, in, just in general, like, I mean, we were shaking our heads when you had mentioned uh, linking up Facebook and Instagram posts and cross-posting. Uh, is there any, like, no-goes advice in general? Because probably, okay, probably not all the farmers are listening right now. <laughs> it's probably just regular social media industry specialists. Um, what advice would you give them, Nicola? <laughs> okay, so I have a big one because I've seen this a couple times. So... <laughs> It's, it's the remember who your audience is. So some parts of farming are really normal to people that see this stuff every day. But there are parts that, if you live in suburban Alberta, that are a little bit jarring. It might be a shock, yeah. Yeah, and it's not to take away from the realness of what happens. Like, this is what happens. This is how meat comes to your table. Mm -hmm. um, but always trying to remember that this is normal for you. And, and we it's kind of ironic because we were just talking about what's normal for you. But this is normal for you, but it's not normal for your everyday user. So there is some background stuff that I think that I would, uh, if I was a producer, I would stay away from if I was a meat producer. Mm -hmm. um, that yeah, it's just that makes sense. I do follow. I follow some vets uh, on social media, mm -hmm. and sometimes they post in their Instagram story very graphic yeah. images of some of these animals that they're helping. And the animals, they're fine. They end up being fine. But I'm yeah. like, I didn't know that I needed to see that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think there's there's a line between being real and like this is what happens, and then being real. Like we wouldn't want surgeons to be posting that right. stuff. So <laughs> does this need to be part? So trying to figure out where your story is. Yes. If However, your audience is not consumer-facing from West Edmonton or from Red Deer. Right. Um, then, yeah, you you do you. But no, do your research. Know your audience. Know your audience, and then tweak yeah. your storytelling or your content plan to suit who is consuming that. That's content. right. That's right. Great. I mean, it's easy if you're like a, a you know a, you only produce pulses. You're not right. offending anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Maybe. I yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's someone. But um, but there is like a kind of a funny line, uh, you know, with, with meat production that I think can be easily crossed and not out of bad, not out of ill will, just out of, you know, not realizing that this isn't something that everyone sees out or that, right. that are used Even to. Even if that is the reality. Yeah. So there's a way to that's educate right. it in a, in a way that's not... Um, Jarring, you say yes. jarring, yeah. yeah. Um, Ash, any other advice or anything that we think uh, you think we missed? 
Um, just back on the, the what to share, nobody wants you to post chicken butchering day. Um, <laughs> nobody wants to know that you're taking animals to the butcher. Right. That's kind of offensive. They don't care if you come home and show off your chicken carcass or when you're done, you show off your chicken carcass. But there's that, you know, from living to not living right. that nobody really wants to see. Right. So there are some no-go areas, which is a great point. In any industry, I think, whatever, wherever you're working, you got to figure out what are those topics or visuals that, that you avoid um, and, and proactively avoid. I think, I mean, we're talking about educating so that you mitigate negativity. Mm-hmm. It's also just being aware of, of what, where you want to be on that line uh, to mitigate negativity, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think, like, most industries, when you're doing, like, you're coming up with your social plan, you know, you try and figure out, like, you know, what's proprietary, what would our audience want. But, again, we're, you know, the agriculture is small business, so it's really trying, like, it takes a little bit more time. There's not, like, a team of people. It's Ash. (laughs) She is her marketing team. Right. And so, you know, she has to figure out, like, where that line is Mm -hmm. and... And what you're comfortable with. And what you're and comfortable with. And what you can with. stand by. Yeah. Like, if you are going to be yeah. someone, let's say, who does show more of the carcass type of scenario, um, then you got to fully put yourself into it, and that's what you're going to stand by. And mm-hmm. if you get negativity, you're you're there for it. That's right, um, yeah. But probably less of a headache if you just avoid it. <laughs> or if you just just think exactly. about it before before you do it, yeah. <laughs> think about it a bit more. Okay, uh, final question. Um any other farmers? Any other farm accounts? Any other shout outs? I didn't actually uh, I didn't actually say what the Armstrong Acres Instagram account is. So do you want to, I mean, the internet, I'll tag you, but do you want to shout it out? Uh, and then Nickel, you were mentioning some other farms. I got a list. Yeah, that you, were, that you really enjoy following. <laughs> so Ash, how, how can people find you and, and Swanson? <laughs> yes. Uh, so Swanson and I are on Instagram <laughs> at armstrong.acres. Mm-hmm. And um, some other accounts to check out would definitely be Young Agrarians, if you're a farmer. Um, Young Agrarians is awesome awesome for farms. If you're curious about other farmers who are doing really well on Instagram, there's a farm in the States called Five Mary's Farms, and they are wonderful at social media. Um, I also find that any farms in the States um, have much larger audiences than any farms I've found in In Canada, Canada. which is just, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to change that. And that's right. Obviously, you want to follow Alberta Open Farm Days, too. Obviously. Perfect. Nicola, what about? I have a list. Uh, Young Agrarians actually is a really good one. Um, But there's a few here in Alberta that have uh, really beautiful Instagram. So if you want to be inspired about going out to rural Alberta or even, um, you know, figuring out like, you know, I would like some meat. Where should I get some meat from? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then learning about, you know, the sustainable practices. It's the other thing that I've learned is that a lot of these farmers, you know, you, you don't realize how sustainable their farms are and how good care they take of not just their animals, but the land and the soil mm-hmm. and the grass. Like it's... Until you start following Until you it. start following it. It's, it's, you know, you get kind of sucked into this, like, you know, really interesting... Uh, process about the land and the cows and anyway I'll stop going on so <laughs> there's a couple so if you got pens handy <laughs> we'll so, link this on the, on the blog as well <laughs> sorry so Hoven Farms uh, TK Ranch 
Good Morning Honey. They're an apiary, but it's still considered a farm. Are Eau these Cla all local or? Uh, Alberta. Yeah, Alberta, okay. Um, Eau Claire Distillery. Eau Claire Distillery has a really cool story where they uh, they grow their own wheat to, to make their own uh, booze, which is really That's cool. Great. Yeah, and, and they show the whole process behind you know, uh, and they use like the old practices. Like, it's just the coolest. Um, Grey Hour Farms, uh, White Barn Fun Farm. Uh, sorry, Flag Hill Ranch. And um, the other one that I talked about before, which was Vermeer's Dairy Farm. And their TikTok is Dairy Farmer Yo. I'm going to follow that immediately following this yeah, podcast. Yeah, go look at that cow. <laughs> for some inspiration. All right, perfect. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Don't Call Me a Guru. I am your host, Linda Huang. Thanks, Nicola. Thanks, Ash, for joining us for this awesome, I mean, I'm going to say it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I episode, thought it was awesome. Uh, about social media in farming and ag. Uh, until next episode. Thanks, everyone. The podcast you are listening to today was produced by Matt Matischuk at the Nate Radio and Television Studios. The music bed for this episode was produced with the help of Doug Hoyer. The logo for Don't Call Me a Guru was designed with the help of graphic designer Rory Lee. Don't Call Me a Guru is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. ATB Financial.